Hello everybody, I do hope I find you well today. This is Deborah Harcourt speaking from Asia Pacific Early Childhood Consultants. I'm a little bit late coming onto this podcast today. We've just had a huge thunderstorm here in Queensland, so you would have heard lots of thunder and lightning in the background, which might have been a nice introduction uh, to this podcast today, which I've decided to focus on the role of the educational leader and I've called it a respectful challenge because I would like us to rethink the role of the educational leader and look at that role as a way of challenging current thinking, a way of getting people to look deeper at their practice deeper at their knowledge, deeper at their understanding of young children, deeper at the relationships with young children and their families together, and perhaps deeper at their relationships with colleagues within the centre or the school or the context in which you are working. So one of the things I would like to talk about today is how early childhood is an evolving knowledge. We have new research that is coming out fairly regularly from universities and other research organisations and I think we need to touch base with that on a more regular basis in terms of why we do what we do in early childhood, how we approach our work, how we approach constructing curriculum, how we approach environments how we approach relationships. I think this is really important that we must be contemporary. So in order not to betray our identities as early childhood professionals, I think we must continue to update that identity so that we are moving further and further away from child care or you just play with children all day to a contemporary understanding of what the professional early childhood educator is, regardless of your role and perhaps also regardless of your qualification, that we engage in an ongoing dialogue so that at the bottom of all this or at the foundation of all this, it's around how we might improve situations and contexts for children. So this notion of the educational leader as someone who engages in a respectful challenge of the status quo so that we are always moving forward in our thinking about the work that we do. So for example, the language that we use in early childhood is not necessarily one that indicates we understand what that language is. Words like curriculum, words like pedagogy or pedagogical practice, approaches to early childhood like Regimilia, like High Scope, like Montessori. Do we really understand what they are? Have we taken some time to dig deep? and to understand what theoretical approaches, what language we are using, what 
approach, curriculum approach or pedagogical approach we think we might be using. But I would like to challenge you to say that I think in many circumstances there's a great deal of difference between the rhetoric around what we say we do and what we actually do. And I think it's a lack of communication, a lack of trying to make sense of theory, practice, language, approaches, a lack of trying to make sense of what they are and what they might mean in our own con context. And I think this is then where misconceptions might arise. So what I would like to us to think about today is how we encounter those things in practice, how do we make meaning of the theory, how do we make meaning of our particular approach to our teaching and learning context so that we are continually stretching our thinking, we're continually, continually challenging the work that we do in order to make the context that we work with young children a better quality each and every day. And, and I think young children deserve that. I don't think they deserve a status quo that remains the same constantly. So I would like us to have a conversation around how we might build some bridges between what we say we do and what we actually do. And in that gap where the bridge might go, I think there needs to be a lot of dialogue around what we understand that we do. So in the role of educational leader, I'd like to propose to you that that role might be a role of a critical friend, for example. And by a critical friend, I mean someone who can help you stretch your thinking, someone who can support you in your knowledge building, someone who can help you look at your deep listening to children in a different way and ask you questions to get you to dig deeper. I think a critical friend is someone in the role of educational leader who has the ability to help us confront some ideas. Many of us might have examples where um, an educational leader, an external consultant, a workshop, a seminar, a lecture you may have gone to at university really kind of upsets your thinking and gets you to confront what you thought you always knew or what you understood to be a traditional early childhood practice but gives you a, a new lens to look at it. And it's almost like the role of this critical friend is to make the familiar strange, just to give it a little bit of a twist so that you begin to look at things in a very different way. So an example of that might be what do you understand about the competencies of very young children, say children from birth to two years of age, and ask yourselves, what competencies do those children have? Because I think sometimes with the very youngest child, 
we look at, say, Piaget's theory, who says that children under the age of two should be doing uh, this, then this, then this in terms of their stages of development. But in actual fact, I think there is an underestimation about what very young children can do. So those of us who work with young children under the age of two are very familiar with that work, very familiar with the learning and development of young children. But in a way, we could make that familiarity quite strange. So for example, I've been doing some work um, through Instagram and, and on our Facebook page at the moment around one photo that I offered, which was in a nursery that welcomed children from birth to two where we have taken the door off the sleep room. The door is gone completely. Many of the cots have had their sliding side taken off, their timber cots. The sliding side has been taken off. The legs have been cut down so that children of a very young age who are mobile, that means that they are at least crawling, are able to begin to self-regulate their own sleep times. And within those sleep times, there are no educators who are patting children to sleep. There is no dark room. There is no music on. There is no silence. There is no ability for children to cry to be rescued out of a cot. And this is what I mean about having an educational leader who makes the familiar strange, who is that critical friend, who asks you and challenges you in a respectful way to say, just because we've done something this way doesn't mean we always have to do it that way. So our contemporary research through our practice, through our reading, should help us look at these things in a different way and ask ourselves, is there a better way to do this? And my answer to that would be always. There's always room for us to look more deeply. I think another thing as a critical friend that could offer you a respectful challenge is perhaps help educators and teachers develop a stronger interest in the ethical landscape of education? Are we approaching our work with young children in an ethical way? Are we approaching our work with families and each other in an ethical way? That means we might come up against dilemmas. We might use a voice that is sharper than what it needs to be with a colleague or a child. We might come in over the top of a child who's sitting down and lift them up under the arms without actually indicating to the child, is it okay for me to pick you up? There are many things that we do with young children that I believe are unethical, but we need a critical friend to help us look at that from a different point of view, so we actually begin to construct an ethical landscape for the work that we do. So I think our critical friend who offers us a respectful challenge as the educational leader will help bring in 
a different point of view. And I would love for the role of the educational leader or the pedagogical leader to be that one where they can bring in a different point of view, where people don't get upset because their practice or their roles are being critiqued. And by critiqued, I don't mean criticised. I mean all of those things, making the familiar strange, asking you to confront some traditionally held ideas, asking you to think about the ethical landscape that you're working in, asking you to look at your practice from a different point of view. Because it would be my view that every staff member counts and every staff member, regardless of what their role is, can make a difference to young children's lives. So then we need to have a look at how we can elaborate what is going on in our system, whether our system is a standalone early childhood setting, whether our system is a small group of early childhood centres, whether it's part of a school, whether it's part of a larger organisation. We have to look through that lens and how can we elaborate what we do within that system and how can we construct a consistent way of working when there are different realities at play every day from individual educators or individual parts of the system. So I would like us to think about when we come together with a pedagogical leader or with an educational leader and look at it as an exchange, bringing together a diverse field of knowledge for exchange and debate. And I think this notion of debate is very unfamiliar for many of us in early childhood. And if you come to that table, if you sit at that table, it must be from the point of view of the child. So I think in terms of a respectful challenge to the work that we do on a daily basis, the role of the educational leader is to help us look at our decision-making, our everyday practice, what we put on the wall, the kind of learning landscape that we offer children is from the point of view of the child. And from the point of view of an educator who is willing to advocate with passion for children. In this way, I think we will be able to achieve what we believe is truly in the best interests of children rather than it just being lovely words, a beautiful philosophy a wonderful statement of intent, we use this approach, we understand this theory, but really about trying to develop a strong understanding about the work that we're doing, a strong understanding of the theoretical underpinnings of the work we do or the approach that we're taking, whether that is a strong belief in the Regimilia philosophy, uh, in a Montessori method, a Steiner school, whatever your approach is, there needs to be not only a strong understanding of it, but a strong passion for what you think it holds as a purpose for high quality early childhood for young children. 
And the role of the educational leader, I believe, is to oversee the educational stability of the context and ensuring that everybody is sitting at that table and contributing from that particular lens so that the teachers and the pedagogical leader or the educational leader, as is in the case in Australia, maps the possibilities for the work that they can do together, maps the possibilities for professional learning as a group of educators. Because if we don't do this, if we don't have an alliance across our thinking as a team of early childhood educators working with our children, then think what the impact of that is going to be on the environment that is offered, on children's thinking, of the attitude that educators have, the way in which you document, the way in which you share your work with families will become very disjointed. It won't have depth. It will be superficial. And I don't think that any of us wants that for young children, for the roles that we have as early childhood educators. I think we must have an attitude that enables us to build competencies as an observer of young children, as an observer of learning, as an observer of teaching, as an observer of thinking, where we grow our curiosity about our work as we listen deeply and carefully to the curiosities that children are giving us through their inquiries and through their investigations. So I think we need to build, under the guidance of an educational leader, a working group, a one that collaborates, one that helps others on our team see what they cannot see. So I think these are very important points for us to consider and perhaps to reimagine the role of the educational leader so that that role becomes someone who can offer a respectful challenge to the team, who can offer an opportunity to help us encounter children with a different attitude, with an attitude of curiosity, with an attitude of professional learning, rather than a task-driven experience, both for children and ourselves. So if we're going to build this bridge between the rhetoric that we currently use, the language that we currently use, and the practice that we would like to have, then I think we need somebody in that role who has the skill of a leader, who has the skill of an inspirational and knowledgeable leader, who is able to respectfully challenge our thinking and help us change our attitude to the work that we do, the way that we encounter the child, the way that we encounter each other, the way that we encounter the environment to ensure that each and every day children are offered and every child at your centre is offered the best possible experience alongside passionate, committed, 
and well-versed early childhood educators. So I hope that's given you a little bit of food for thought around this notion of educational leader because I think each of us needs to grow but we need someone within our systems to help us do that growing. So until next time, I'm really happy to hear about your thinking. Please give me some feedback. Please let me know if there are other podcasts that you would like us to engage with. And I hope that you're able to perhaps use this podcast with your teams to make each and every day life in an early learning centre better for you, better for children and better for families. So bye for now and thank you for listening.